0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8
1: podcast.
0: Hello there and welcome to the Bite Size Business Breakfast, the very best bits of today's show. It is a Tuesday, 25th of October. What have we got for you today? Well, very soon we're going to dive into one of our top stories this morning, which is the new Prime Minister in the United Kingdom, Rishi Sunak. It is one of the UAE's biggest trading partners, one of our biggest source markets for tourism. So we're going to get some details on that. Elsewhere the IPO boom continues. The next cab off the rank is Empower, the air conditioning company. But should you be buying shares in it? Going to get the thoughts of the investment expert, Galen T. Moore, who's been speaking to Brandy. Then, big week in Abu Dhabi. You've got what's called the Davos in the desert there. Ethna Trainer, who's uh, an experienced correspondent here in Dubai, friend of the business breakfast. She is in Riyadh at the moment, so we crossed live to speak to her in the Saudi capital. And finally, Global Village opens today. Look, we love Global Village, but it is a big part of Dubai's tourism ecosystem or part of Dubai's tourism economy, so we're going to hear from the boss. Mohamed Sharaf is the chief operating officer of Dubai Holding Entertainment, the parent company of, full disclosure, this radio station, but also, as well, Global Village. All that to come. First up, though, let's jump straight into our top stories, starting with the new prime minister in the United Kingdom.
2: You're listening to The Business Breakfast. Huge day today. We have a new UK Prime Minister. We have the opening of Global Village. Got a partial solar eclipse. Uh, and we have a uh, new government entity or part thereof listing on the local exchange. Uh, Tom, do you want to start in the UK? Having a look at what Rishi Sunak could mean for the UK economy. No more trussonomics? Or what are we calling nomics
0: you know what i asked uh katija hack this this morning is there such a thing as rishinomics is there a philosophy but we'll maybe get to that later on but first of all tom your quick take on it
1: richard sunak new leader of the conservative party it's a job he's coveted for a while he's been through a couple of leadership uh, battles not got it i think he's just the last man standing now isn't he basically um, so Rishi Sunak has been given the job, uh, as Rich said, barring any disasters. He's got back two years to sort it out now. Uh, that's how long the term uh, is left for the Conservative Party before they have to have the next general election. Um, and I think the majority of the Conservative Party and most of those watch observing politics in the UK at the moment are just looking for a little bit of boring. Everyone just wants a little bit of calm. Nothing wrong with a bit of boring Uh, And can Rishi Sunak bring that to the table? Potentially, but he's got some massive
0: challenges, none more so than the Brexit fallout. This is him talking yesterday in his very brief victory speech, just 183 words talking about those economic challenges. There is no doubt we face a profound economic challenge. We now need stability and unity, and I will make it my utmost priority to bring our party and our country together. Did you see the the reviews of his speech? And it was like a minute and a half long. Um the Metro newspaper in the UK called him Robot Rishi. He's <laughs> gone from dishi Rishi to robot rishi. Suddenly he's become Prime Minister and he's got all kind of presidential. And he's speaking in very clipped tones. Mm. <laughs> he's not a great orator.
1: He's not a great orator. I've done you know, that's something we noticed. <laughs> that's something we noticed uh Uh, during his his leadership. But I I think he's a solid politician. So um, it will be interesting to see what goes on there. The Barack Obama moment, that's what a lot of people are calling it. Not sure about that.
2: Well, there's a lot being made out of the fact that he is the first Prime Minister of Colour. He is the first Hindu Prime Minister. A lot of celebrations um, going on about what it means for diversity in the UK, which is certainly true. Others pointing out, as you have heard in that... uh, clip there of Rishi's um, speech, um, that yes, diversity but effectively we still have a head of the Tory party who has a certain accent because he's gone to a certain school because he of is of a certain class. The question, really, is what is he going to do next? The Sun is asking who is going to be on the Rish list. Love boom, it. Boom, boom. Um, which is, of course, a uh, little bit of a dig as well to, I presume, to the 730 million pound fortune that uh, Mr and uh, Mrs Sunak have amassed together. But the question really is, what does he do now? I mean, Trussonomics was a resounding no with the the markets and the public, wasn't it? Um, the whole, we are going to basically have this massive expansionary growth policy in complete odds with what the Bank of England is trying to do. We're going to borrow to fund it. Everyone said, I think not.
0: They did indeed. The markets fell off a cliff during the Liz Truss Kwasi Quartang budget. But Rishi Sunak's appointment, the markets didn't go um, gangbusters, but it was a positive reaction. Here's Katija Haq chief economist of Emirates MBD.
3: The pound and UK guilds rallied on the news that Rishi Sunak was selected as the new leader of the Conservative Party yesterday. And he was certainly the most market-friendly of the candidates. Mm. He is expected to retain Jeremy Hunt as Chancellor and stick to the 31st October deadline for the release of the government's new medium-term fiscal plan. Now, the policies announced in that plan will be key to restoring policy credibility in the UK and will be closely watched both by investors and the Bank of England, which meets to set interest rates just a few days later on the 3rd of November. The medium term fiscal plan is likely to include spending cuts to help put budget finances on a more sustainable footing over the next few years.
0: I mean, we like our economics here on The Business Breakfast, but even for us, medium term fiscal plan. It's a bit dry, isn't it?
2: Well, does he have to the medium term? I mean, the question is, what does he do first? There's quite the entry on the desk. Uh, Greeting Rishi, we asked Khatija, what was in it? The
3: economic situation facing the new Prime Minister is very challenging, however. Yesterday's preliminary PMI data for October showed both manufacturing and services sectors of the UK economy in contraction this month and also showed a sharp decline in business confidence in recent weeks, likely because of the political and market turmoil that we've seen. Households also remain under pressure with retail sales declining as well.
0: That is Katija Hak of En
3: Yeah, there's quite
2: a lot of spending surveys coming out of Europe um, and out of the uh, UK suggesting that people are really starting to rein in the spend, starting to change brands. Um, try, you know, looking at where's, what am I looking at here? This one actually out of the US from a company called Attest um, has uh, found that on the fizzy drink front, a third of people are changing to uh, cheaper and no name brands. That's How US consumers are cutting back Um, We've seen the same coming out Of Europe particularly There's quite a few um, headlines there Here's one from Bloomberg Soaring cost of living crisis Brings back 1970s Shopping habits The IRI has found that 71% Of uh, European consumers are cutting back On what they're calling everyday items So um, staying in Cooking, eating out less And also buying out of date food
0: I'm all for that yeah, on on a war footing. Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. But it's, I mean, and this obviously will have an effect um, on company earnings, markets, and the, and the rest of it. It's not called a spiral for nothing.
1: This is the Bite Size Business Breakfast, exclusively on Dubaii1038.com.
2: Right, let's look at the one of the big news stories from the last 24 hours. Shares in Empower to go on sale on Monday. Very hotly anticipated IPO here in Dubai. Very pleased to be joined in the studio by Garland T. Moore, who's Head of Equity and Derivative Market Making at BHM Capital. Gallen. good morning. Thanks morning, for joining Brandy. us. So we've got a billion shares being offered there, although that may be increased. What are you expecting to see in terms of price and valuation?
4: Um, the pricing is yet to be decided. Unlike uh, Salic, which we knew was going to be two dirhams, this is going to be decided by what's called a book build. So the uh, lead manager of the issue will decide when he sees the uh, demand for the shares what the pricing is going to be. And the pricing is all important on this one because um, it's got uh, competition in the market with Tabreed, breed. Um, and so the valuation has to be very competitive compared to uh Tabreed.
2: But we've actually therefore got a bit of a market maker, haven't we? We've got a bit of a benchmark. That's Yeah, exactly. New. We've got
4: a benchmark um, and the yield um, is going to have to be competitive now. Because of the US Treasury bonds yielding four and a quarter four and three quarter percent. So it's got to be slightly higher than this to be attractive to investors.
2: Okay, let's dig into what you mean by that. What we're talking about there basically is the amount that you would get putting your money into a safe, safe investment, either leaving it in the bank as interest rates go up or as you say, buying bonds compared to what you know you're gonna get in a dividend. Am I right?
4: Exactly. So um, when you look at mPower, it's a very steady, uh, steady earnings, uh, rock-solid earnings. Um, the revenue is um, almost guaranteed, so it's not going to be, um, you're not going to get a lot of volatility in the earnings. That means you can have a pretty safe and secure dividend payout. So the amount of return you're going to get from, uh, from the shares is going to be um, uh, very, very steady.
2: So let's look at the pros and cons. What will people be weighing up when they decide, do I want to buy into the IPO of a district calling provider?
4: Okay, so um, when you look at your portfolio, when you look at how you, how you construct your portfolio, this is going to be something which you can put away for your retirement and it's not going to be very volatile. The earnings are uh, very secure, as we've said. And over the long term, it's, it's going to be a very safe investment. So you're on the uh, you're on the very safe side of the risk management structure.
2: What kind of growth? will people be looking for? And I'm not talking about the price of the stock here. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the company itself out of uh, out of Empower. Looking at the fine print yesterday, um, they said that they were well positioned to capture growth opportunities in the UAE. And let's look at some of the ways that they could do that. Firstly, they talked about potentially leveraging existing infrastructure into nearby developments. What do they mean by that?
4: So what they mean by that is when uh, when you look at a district cooling um site like the DIFC Um, if they expand the DIFC northwards for example they can build another um, district cooling unit there and have uh, the cooling for that new uh, new center of business or commerce Um, and when you look at a company like Empower there's a very long lead time into their their growth so it's a high capex business uh, very capital intensive and then you get the growth, and then you get the steady, steady earnings after that.
2: Okay. So you've got growth from providing cooling to new projects. Mm-hmm. Presumably, you've also got growth from a growing population. They also talked about continuing to explore inorganic growth as well, acquisitions. Right. Uh, domestically and regionally, at good play for a district calling company
4: yeah I mean you know as as the Middle East expands as you know they, they're looking into um, Saudi and Qatar for expansion so there are opportunities in other areas in MENA for them to expand into um, but as I said the, the the lead time into these expansion projects is years rather than say for Salik, which they can put a new toll gate on 311 or whatever so you, you've got a very—it's um, a much longer, um, uh, longer time frame growth prospects.
2: What do economic headwinds globally mean for a company like Empower?
4: Um, you know, their, their main their main cost input is energy, um, and so if you get a big increase in energy prices, this is obviously going to be a, head, a potential headwind to their growth um, and their uh, and their earnings.
2: So how does this fit into the wider sort of portfolio that we are acquiring here um, in not just in Dubai, but in in Abu Dhabi as well with all these new listings? Um,
4: Well, this, as I said, this sits very much at the safer end of the um, uh, of the portfolio. So this would be um, this would be a bedrock sort of uh, share to hold for the long term.
2: Galen T. Moore is Head of Equity and Derivative Market Making at BHM Capital. Thank you very much for your time today. Information given on Dubai I 103.8 can be used to help with your background investment research. Always read the fine print and understand the potential pitfalls of any investment before you make any decision.
1: Catch up on the business headlines with the Bite sized Business Breakfast. So hundreds of CEOs and finance moguls have been touching down in Riyadh, um, overnight, uh, and will continue throughout this morning for a Davos style investment conference that analysts say will highlight Saudi Arabia's geopolitical muscle despite um, some uh, d- issues that need to be discussed around the table. Let's uh, dig into deeper detail if we can uh, to the FII. FII getting underway uh, this morning. Uh, down in Saudi Arabia at the moment uh, is, of course, Edna Trainer. Edna is the founder and CEO of uh, E-Trainer Media. She's in Riyadh right now for uh, FII, uh, which is also known as Davos in the desert. She joins us now live on the line and live via Microsoft Teams. Morning, Edna. Good morning to you. How are you all doing? Very well, indeed. So a 400-strong-man delegation we hear from the United States uh, suggesting that... uh, Uh, Certainly they are there to do business this week.
5: Without a doubt. I think there's people that are coming from around the world here at the Future Investment Initiative in Riyadh and um, there's more than 500 speakers. So you can imagine they're keeping us very busy here. But a lot of the key bankers are in town, a lot of the key investors and people really looking at, you know, the uh, public uh, investment for fund here because uh, they're looking for investment from Saudi. Saudi is also looking for investment from around the world. So hopefully between the two of them they come to great agreements here. But there's so much going on and we're kicking off this morning with a few big sessions a big board style sessions with a lot of the big international bankers and um, it just it's non-stop here without a doubt so we're all very excited to be here big
1: names obviously in town and that's something that we've seen in previous editions of the FII it certainly attracts uh, some of the biggest names in finance and otherwise are there are there other reasons for this get together do we have sort of product launches and new product arrangementships?
5: Well, there's a lot going on. I mean, the big names, as you say here, that are coming to Saudi, we have all of the big bankers. There's, um, you know, the CEO of JP Morgan is here, Goldman Sachs Group, Society General, uh, Standard Chartered, and there'll be a big sort of banking boardroom type conference conference. We're going to be looking at uh, uh, what's his name, the former Treasury Secretary, Steve Munition is here, Uh, the White House advisor, Jared Kushner. I mean, they're all here. When we look at other product launches and things like that, I actually was just at the um, electric vehicle of the future here for Saudi semi launch last night. They're not making it in Saudi yet, but Lucid is going to be the first electric vehicle that's going to be manufactured here in Saudi Arabia and that they're planning for a launch uh, of the manufactured car here next year. But they already have some of the cars from Arizona on site. Um, we
1: mentioned the word geopolitical a little earlier on there as well. And certainly that's something that we've seen in the past with regards to the hosting of this event. It does uh, enable the Saudi Arabians to flex their geopolitical muscle a little bit more. Is there going to be a sense of that? And is I suppose the other half of this question, is, is the conference itself gaining in reputation year on year?
5: I think the conference is gaining reputation without a doubt. Um, The organizer, Richard Atias, together with the Public Investment Fund, I mean, they really want to focus Saudi on the international map. They want to show that it is a big investment venue, that it's also looking in terms of industry and manufacturing. And there's a huge focus on that this year. The Minister for Energy, of course, will be here. All of the ministers, without a doubt, will be here. There will be a focus on energy, on the energy transition. There'll also be a big focus on mining as well. And again, we put mining into the picture, I think, particularly when we're looking at the future of electric vehicle manufacturing here. But I think also about building supply chain capacity here in the kingdom. This for them is very, very important. And we've seen the moves over the year whereby the Ministry of Investment has actually called for the key companies to actually headquarter here in the region. And they want to do that because they know it's a good place for them to be. And I think many of them have actually done that. And I was talking to Aqua Power recently, and they even talk about the supply chain players that they then brought on board here that are now actually exporting from Saudi Arabia. So it's the business case and it's the big industry and the big manufacturing case for the future here.
1: Interesting you mentioned there about the the foreign direct investment into the country of Saudi Arabia. A lot of uh, observers uh, might look at it and say that there is so much wealth in the country already at the moment. And yet, interestingly, it looks like certainly when it comes to targets for FDI, they are lagging behind meeting those targets at the moment. So are events like this key to FDI?
5: Without a doubt, they are. I mean, I think FDI, if you look at the the charts, I mean, it's at its highest. I don't have the figure for you right now, but they've certainly increased FDI into the kingdom. They want to work a lot more in partnership with the big international players. They're attracting them here without a doubt. And I think they're also seeing that they're building a lot of capacity here. There's a lot of focus on the growth of Uh, local talent here and also local content. So the big players that come in here, part and parcel of that deal is going to be making sure to build the talent capacity among young Saudis. There's a lot of people here looking for work, ready for work. And the uh, talent, I think, has has definitely improved and everybody is putting uh, resources. The government is putting resources. The private sector is putting great resources in terms of education and training in here. And another theme of this conference this year is very much, I think, about the added value in terms of economic development. It's not just about uh, the bottom line and about dollars and cents. It's also about building that capacity, creating um, a more holistic economic environment here. And I see this throughout many, many of the sessions here. What does this mean for the growth of Saudi Arabia in terms of social sustainability, environmental sustainability, and of course financial sustainability?
1: I know the conference gets underway in just a few moments' time, so now I'll let you get on. Now it's going to be a busy couple of days for you, and that's for sure. Uh, Tuesday all the way through till Thursday this week, the good and the great of the world of finance and industry heading to Riyadh uh, for the latest edition of the FII, uh, and we will of course keep you updated on any of the big talkers and the big developments from it over the course of the next few days just the highlights this is the bite-sized business breakfast so as we've mentioned it's a day of days today uh, and one of those days is global village day at the moment as global village gets back up and running uh, brandy's been in conversation with the chief operating officer the COO of dubai holding entertainment muhammad sharaf and uh, brandy began by asking him what we can expect from the new season when the doors open at 6 p.m today
6: Global Village in its twenty seventh season um, has a lot a lot of new things to offer in addition to obviously the staples that we have each year. Um, this year, from a pavilion perspective, we are bringing in two new pavilions. Um, They have been here previously with us, but they haven't been uh, for the past couple of years. Qatar and Oman are the two new pavilions that are joining Global Village. Uh, In addition, we have added the new Road of Asia. And the Road of Asia is a a street shopping uh, experience which covers the Asian countries that are not currently um, covered by the existing pavilions, be it from Sri Lanka, Indonesia, the Philippines, Taiwan, Hong Kong, um, and we're very excited to see how uh, how people interact with with that unique space. Um, in addition, we've got the f which Global Verge is uh, known for. Uh, we have over 250 different restaurants and street food options. This year, we have introduced 50 new uh, options, uh, dining options in the in the park, which include a number of uh, uh, restaurants. We have four brand new restaurants that have been that have been built in the heart of the park. Uh, these are a not a fine dining, but I'd say a somewhere higher than a casual dining sort of finer dining uh, experiences. Um, and we have anchored anchored those with a very unique concept by Michelin starred chef Rohit, uh, who is coming from the UK and brought his uh, concept Kauji to dubai and global village for the very first time um additionally we have a an indian chat bazaar that has been upgraded the previous version was uh, was slightly smaller and we have we have uh, we have expanded that by our latest uh, addition to the park which is a brand new gate uh, the gate has been has has come in uh, you know on the back of a lot of research that we have done uh, with regards to guest flow and uh it's 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 to cope with you know challenges we might have had around uh around uh, peak days in which uh in which people have, have have felt that the experience is not everything that global verge has to give to them so the easier that it is to get in and to get out of global verge i think enhances that experience so Listening to our customers has been uh, has, has been a big part of uh, the new additions that we are adding to the park this year.
2: Can you tell me how well the park did last year?
6: So last year was our record year and it's a record even pre-COVID. Um, <clears throat> for the first time, we did uh, just under 8 million. We had 7.8 million guests come through the park. Um, and that is that is uh, an exceptional number, given how uh, how busy and how much there was to do uh, around Dubai uh, from October th- uh, last year till um, till, A- till April earlier this year. Um, Global Global Village is expecting to see. Uh, more of the same uh you know we are our amb- our ambitions are obviously to to break records each year uh, and we don't see why uh we wouldn't be, that would be that would differ from uh season 27.
2: two minutes left with you Mohammed. um yeah. talk to me about inflation though which is something that the park and its suppliers like everybody is going to be facing this year how will you cope
6: so inflation is is something that um Nobody in the economy is immune to. Um, however, it does, uh, in my opinion, affect uh, different segments of the economy in, in different ways. Um, when I talk about the global village experience, and then I talk uh, specifically about the um, uh, the entry into the global village, you know, we've we've. Uh, we've altered for the first time this year we've altered our ticket pricing so we have a value ticket that uh, is valid from sundays until thursdays mm-hmm. um, and those start at 18 dharams uh, and then on the fridays and saturday nights and public holidays we have uh any day tickets will be will be uh will be honored and those tickets can be obviously used um, any uh through through the 180 plus days uh season so um We've at, at, at prices where we're talking about 18 dahams, this is still a very accessible product. It's a very accessible destination. Um, and therefore, I think that is not necessarily going to be uh inflation is not going to, 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 to work against us in that perspective. Um, but we also take take it on in a in a in a different way as well. Um we have we have obviously Targets and we have shareholders in which uh, which we which we have to um, uh, generate a return for at the end of the day. Uh, but our focus has also been on how are we ensuring that we are controlling and we are trying to reduce our costs as much as as much as we can, um, and and we've we've invested quite heavily over the past couple of seasons into uh, digital transformations. Um, our park behind the uh, behind the scenes has uh, has become extremely smart um, with uh, thousands of you know sensors that we've we've pla- you know placed across the park to understand um, where where we need to you know where where we have uh matters that need to be addressed in uh, on, on time in full uh and really being a bit more proactive to be able to 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 manage those and, and ensure that we have a value proposition for our customers at a at a at a price that is not you know that is relatively uh reasonable on the wall
2: i'm Mohamed sharif chief operating officer of dubai holding entertainment when you think you're going to talk about roller coasters but you end up talking about CapEx and inflationary pressures instead.
0: Global Village opens today. You've been
1: listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to Dubai 1038com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.